From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. week of Friday, December 9th, 2016, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand uh, that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven, inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep service was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in a small, how did they do that, size box. (laughs) In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. Uh, Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. That's key. You want the bounce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But not too much bounce. Really? And yeah, the key is the balance. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to be bouncing all over the place. You, you want, want to, the you want to live in the tension. See, that's the thing. This is almost like a, Casper ma- mattresses are like a, a metaphor for mm-hmm. how we should live life as outsiders on the inside, mm-hmm. as bridge builders. Live in the tension, people. In the world and not of it, <laughs> right. you might say. Time Magazine named Casper one of the best inventions of 2015, an award-winning mattress that won't disappoint, and it's made in America. You can try a Casper mattress completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund everything. Uh, right now, Relevant Podcast listeners can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash relevant and using promo code relevant. This is, uh, this is a bit awkward, Cameron, because I have my uh, own rival uh, mail order mattress business. Uh, and my, you know, what I'm going for is shipping them in containers even smaller, right? <laughs> and so the, uh, they, like they come in... Like a shoebox. Oh, no, matchbox size. Matchbox (laughs) size containers. Full disclosure, they are very uncomfortable. (laughs) They they don't live in the tension of spring and bounce. No, I mean, you can't can't fit a comfortable mattress into a matchbox. It's a quote-unquote mattress, but it's just the sheet, isn't it, that you fold it in? It it is, and it's not a a large one. (laughs) It's a washcloth. Uh, Like I said, I'm yours, Cameron, and here with us in the studio today, Chelsea Steele. Hello, everybody. Uh, On the ones and twos, our producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And joining us all the way from Sydney, Australia, our old friend, Adam Smith. Hey, everybody. Eddie is off on assignment in D.C. Uh, saving children or something. I don't know what he's doing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome, Adam. It's exciting. We're, we're glad to have you uh, to kick off the Christmas season here on the show. We're doing Christmas music, and we thought, who better to have on than somebody who's in the heat of summer right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, goodness gracious. It is sweltering here. Is it really? Absolutely. Do they still do Christmas stuff or, and they just wear like shorts? It's weird though. It's like a weird bizarro Christmas, you know, like they have like Santa wearing shorts and stuff and like, you know, all the kind of summer stuff that you would do. That's Christmas stuff here. So like Christmas is all about going to the beach Mm -hmm. and having cookouts and stuff. And frankly, it's wrong on so so many levels. It's it's our 4th of July, essentially. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because in Florida, it's almost equally as hot 
on Christmas no, as it is here, not. but culturally, culturally, it's still winter based. <laughs> <That's you know? laughs> we pretend like it's yeah, yeah. Culturally, you walk around Florida Christmas. at Christmas time, and people will like be in sweaters, and they'll like have their arms crossed, like rubbing their forearms, like "Ooh, it is brisk," and you're yeah, like, "It's yeah, definitely and not and brisk," you're, and you're like, "No, no, it's Christmas. It's, it's brisk. 70, Just don't worry about it. Give me a seventy-four <laughs> degrees, not eighty-four degrees. Exactly. You're drinking your, you know, you're drinking your toffee nut latte and everything, wearing your ugly Christmas sweater and just sweating. Yeah, just actually, sweating profusely. Last year, I, I had an ugly sweater Christmas party and literally had to crank the AC down because I knew everybody would be coming in sweaters and you just, I mean, it would, we would have all been sweltering otherwise. So yeah. I had a very high power bill. Here they've kind of given up on all that and just fully embraced the fact that yes, it's summer. You know? ugly, ugly, you have uh, ugly tank top parties. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it, it does. It feels deeply wrong. I mean, look, this is, uh, I think, my ninth Christmas uh, in the southern hemisphere, and it still just doesn't feel right. Do, do they even hang? I feel like the thing that would throw me off is like, am I, am I intellectually, I could get to a place where like, okay, I know it's going to be just how the, the earth is shaped, right? It's going to be hot at Christmas time. But I don't think I could tolerate the sight of Christmas lights in the middle of summer. That would just throw me off. Are there Christmas lights everywhere? Uh, I wouldn't say everywhere, but they are around. I mean, I've got my <laughs> Christmas tree up with lights and, you know, festooned in so, uh, holiday cheer. What do they tell the children? <laughs> that Santa Claus, who's coming from the North Pole, so he's bundled up in warm, you know, like a lot of layers. Are they saying that once he crosses the equator, he, he like changes? No, he pops the top. He is shirtless. He's he's just... <laughs> that's how I always picture... You know, no, here's the thing, Cameron. I don't know if you noticed this, that he's wearing... That shirt is not actually a shirt. It's like a robe type of yeah, situation. Right. So he just opens it up and it kind of becomes a cape and he just and, lets it slap. Yeah. And, and you know what I, never, what I never noticed is those woolly uh, red pants are breakaway. And so that... Yeah, that no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually Santa's Australian cousin, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> he comes up from the South Pole. He, he, they split the difference. He takes yeah, the he, southern... He's shirtless as well, but he's in kind of a weird, creepy Bruce kind of way. <laughs> yeah, and, and just intoxicated enough to make it uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more unsettling when a sweaty, shirtless dude comes down your chimney. <laughs> uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, we talked to Tim Keller, uh, pastor, author, theologian, uh, most brilliant man alive, Tim Keller. Um, and also Ellie Holcomb uh, has a special in-studio live performance of her new music. That's She has now been coming out in January, so uh, you'll Can't hear wait. it here first. It's going to be an awesome show. Uh, Jesse, before we move the show along, are, are you, uh, what's Virginia like? Are you guys doing anything special for Christmas? I mean... Uh, I mean, you guys have all four seasons, so I assume this is a a very novel time of year for you guys. Exactly. I mean, there's there's a lot of festivities happening. I'm in a place right now where I I feel like I'm getting it's getting a little the tension of my I I despise like working outside in the yard, right? (laughs) Right, right. Like it's just not something I've always enjoyed. But now I it's I'm I got uh, you know kids now and and people in my on my street they all decorate the outside of their homes. 
right. I'm just not feeling it. Right. Like, <laughs> I do not want to spend the time, and I want to know everyone's thoughts about the appropriateness of just covering the yard of inflate with inflatables, uh. because I feel like that's so much less work than doing lights or anything. Oh, man. The more inflatables you have, the more elegant your house appears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking at it, too. Here's the thing, Adam. I watch a lot of, like, HGTV and stuff, so I'm pretty knowledgeable of this kind of stuff. Um, and I know that when you do something to your home, I, you're not just doing it for your personal enjoyment. It's an investment. Like, am That's I right. going to raise my home value if I put like 10 sweet Snoopy <laughs> inflatable snow globes out there? Jesse, I'm, I'm actually a finance and real estate writer. And I can tell you that conservatively, you will increase the value of your home by 25%. Per, per inflatable. Even one three quarter of the way inflated Santa. Wow. That's that. Wow. Yeah. Well, here's the other tension I have with inflatables because I'm honestly debating it. Like, this isn't even a joke. <clears throat> I've honestly thought about being the guy who doesn't have one string of lights on, but just kind of haphazardly threw the inflatables out across the yard and didn't really care if they got blown over at night, right? Well, the the jarring thing is there's a, a house on the main street in my neighborhood that I drove by, you know, yesterday morning, and all the inflatables, like Santa and the nativity and all these things, <laughs> they were all deflated and hanging limp and lifeless over the bushes. And it just looked like, oh, man, like that's melted, even better. like Christmas <laughs> melted. I would, I would think that would be like what? jarring for the children to see a what? melted dead Santa. I you mean, know? what if you were the guy who put inflatables out but didn't inflate them? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, oh, wait, do, you, do I got to run a power cord out here? Nah, I'm just going to leave. No, I, you, here's the other thing. I'm not big on like... <laughs> Like conservation, like a power bill is no sweat to me. I don't even look at it. I just pay it. They could be gouging me. I don't know. I never even look at it. It's it, they take it out of you my account. You leave windows open right? in the winter. I mean, you just you don't even care. I when, when people are saying I'm not paying to you know give AC to the whole neighborhood, I am. I don't care. I mean, the reason I don't know, like I said, my power. I, I couldn't even ballpark what my power bill is. Okay, I couldn't even ballpark it. So I would not be the type of person that as soon as the sun comes up, I'm unplugging the inflatables. Right. Those puppies are running around the clock. Yeah. I don't care how much juice they're. they're yeah, it's like me. a deep freeze in the garage. You're not going to plug it in when you need it. You got to keep it on all the time. Exactly. Yeah. We're talking like a month here. Yeah. A month and a half tops. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I, I'm not. I'm not worried about like because the other thing is like turning them off during the day. That's the only time when you can see them laid limp in the yard. Like yeah. it makes more sense to turn them off at night. To be honest with you, the, you know the what I had the tension this year too of our, our neighborhood. A lot of people do their houses real nice, and I just we did the inside, but it's just me and Cohen, so I just I just didn't feel inspired to do the outside. But he, you know really wants that and so we did this weekend and but i've learned the trick for me you know those net lights yeah that hang over your bushes yeah, yeah. Like so all i have to do is go get a whole bunch of net lights put them over the bushes i don't have to like mount anything to the house or whatever we installed a yard's worth of lighting <laughs> within like a, a half an hour i mean it was super easy hang a wreath on the door you look like you're joining in you know <laughs> well, he, here's awesome. here's my other tension i have about any decorations but particularly inflatables i i'll I'll say this in my past, I'm talking like, you know, 20, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've done things I'm not proud of. Okay. Like, don't tell me you went around stolen. 
No, not stealing them, but rearranging them humorously or, you know, wanting to see the dirt. Like, what if I poked the hole in just one arm of that snowman? Would he (laughs) Here's my other main concern is I have done things and I'm talking like at least 15 years. Like, clearly the statute of limitations has passed on these. You think? I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to give details or exact addresses here. Um, that uh, I'm not Jesse, necessary. Uh, just before you launch into this, just to warn you, the statute of limitations on hobo murder does not pass. So play that one close to the vest. Actually, then we should just skip what I'm going to say. Because it was, um, no, so... so I'm worried that now if I completely cover every inch of grass and driveway in my in in front of my house which is what I plan to do if I do it with inflatables are those pranks going to come back to haunt me? Of course That's they are. Answer. Of course <laughs> yes. they are. You put that out there, it's going to come back, dude. Uh-huh. It, like you, for the next 10 years of your life, are going to be the recipient of everything you did to other people. <laughs> That's I. That's why I need to, for the month of December, I will be camping amongst the inflatables. In the <laughs> people will be like, man, that Joseph, he looks pretty lifelike. And why is he sleeping in the manger? And I'm like, that's not Joseph. That's just me and one of Adam's weird, uncomfortable blanket mattresses. (laughs) You have to find a way to disguise yourself as an inflatable so as to throw off suspicion. I need need to find an inflatable because I've set aside a a pretty uh, huge stack of credit cards to get these inflatables with (laughs) that I've recently been approved for. Um, And... I I'm trying to find one that can sustain human life. It's more like it's more like a little biodome bubble. I remember than a snow globe at Halloween time. <laughs> I saw uh, some Halloween costumes that were like the inflatables, like you would see the mascots at a basketball game where they do the inflatable mascot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. What you you can buy those, so you might as well just camp out in one of those and and then just like freak <laughs> people out when they come come looking. Exactly, <laughs> and then no one's gonna mess with it if they know if they know there's a, a maniac in that yard. <laughs> You have this amazing display of inflatables. Cars slow down in front of your house to soak it all in. And all of a sudden, you, as one of the inflatables, come to life and start chasing the cars. You would scar those children. If the last thing you saw in your life was one of those inflatable mascots coming at you with an axe. Could we kickstart maybe a, a campaign to create one of those inflatable mascot things that actually just looks like Jesse? Because I like the idea of Jesse wearing an inflatable mascot suit of himself. <laughs> he, he, I have one other question for you guys as it regards to outdoor Christmas decor. Yes. Because I feel like, you know, we're on the topic. I might as well ask. Yeah. Those cool, like, laser things that just project lights onto your home. <laughs> Nothing says I've given up on Christmas decorations. <laughs> and I just stick that in my yard. Now, I heard that the uh, FAA had some concerns with those, that they could possibly be, quote unquote, interfering with commercial air lights. Are we even concerned about no, that? Or are we just rolling the dice and projecting them onto my home? But I don't understand why you want your house, the front of your house to be a wallpaper of, of spinning sparkles anyway. Beyond me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, it's like some 
someone waving uh, 200 laser pointers into the sky like for 12 <laughs> hours straight. I don't understand how that's safe, and I'm not allowed to point laser pointers hilariously at helicopters that pass by. <laughs> Explain that one to me. Jesse, I need to know your thoughts on houses that have lights that sync up with like a Christmas song that plays at the same oh, time. Oh, hey, that that is a, a tourist destination now. I mean, they, they're an enterprising, creative person. I, I respect it. For me, the more elaborate, the better. The only thing that really gets under my skin is when someone just does something, quote unquote, tasteful, like white lights and <laughs> wreaths or something. Like, oh, if you're going to do it, do this thing. I'm talking, I, I, I want I want a life, I want a living nativity. If you can get a camel in your yard, get a camel. Like, this is, we're celebrating big news here, okay? Unto us. <laughs> Like, get in the spirit of this thing, guys. Like, I'm talking, I want it to look like a circus parked in your front yard. And so, yes, if, Chelsea. If you're going to sync your lights up to music, then please, please make sure it's Tom Sawyer by Rush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what really throws people off is if the lights are clearly blinking to some sort of rhythm of a song, but it's definitely not the one you're blasting in on a PA system. <laughs> like you went to the trouble of buying those type of lights and erecting a PA system, but when it came time to sync, you're just like, ah, I, don't know, I don't care. They'll get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move the show along. Uh, it's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. Well, in case you missed it, uh, this week, uh, Grammy nominations came out and Chance the Rapper got seven Grammy nominations Ooh. for a mixtape that never even released in a physical edition. <laughs> wow. It's the first streaming only album ever to be nominated. That's amazing. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, the album's called Coloring Book and it's, if you listen to the relevant top 50 countdown pod, sister podcast that we're doing right now, um, you have haven't heard coloring book mentioned yet because we're on the top 10 next week. Uh, so a little foreshadowing there. Uh, coloring book is also notable for its heavy faith themes with songs, including blessings, angels, and even a take on Chris Tomlin's how great is our God. Uh, Chance has been vocal about his Christian faith on Twitter. He tweeted, uh, glory be to God in response to the Grammy announcement. And last week he tweeted, uh, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And it could have been me. It should have been me. It would have been me if it wasn't for the blood. Um, it, it, the Chance's story is this interesting tension of hip hop and explicit and faith and it's just this authenticity that's really an interesting trend right now. You saw a little bit on Kanye's album, mm -hmm. but Chance took it to another level this year. And it's inter interesting it's to see. the kind of yeah. tension that you want in a good mattress. That's right. You want the spring, you want the bounce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too much Jesus, eh, too much explicit, uh, eh. Little tension, right. Chance the Rapper, seven nominations. There you go. The, the, the other thing, too, is like just what a major shift it is in what even an album is anymore. Because I don't even think he's ever said it was an album. Like, it's always been, you know, his third mixtape. Mm -hmm. And right. it's released independently. There's no label. He did it all himself. And like, like there is no physical album anymore. Like, it's, it's literally just a collection of songs streaming. So it is, in a lot of ways, what Chance has done in 2016 is pretty revolutionary. I, I'm I am even wondering what the definition of a mixtape is because back in back in the day a mixtape was literally uh, like artists like covering other uh, like existing beats and stuff and the reason why yeah. they did it for free was because they couldn't pay licensing yeah, or get rights to the the music mm -hmm. and so they were just it was a way for an artist 
like show what he was capable of. Drake famously broke out with a mixtape. Like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. And and it was all songs that he couldn't charge money for, right? And um and so what's interesting now, even like Drake this year released. Uh, if, if you're seeing this, this, if you're in this, it's too late. Um, yeah. And then came out with an album, uh, Views. Uh, and then he announced a couple weeks ago that in December he's releasing another twenty track project, but he's not calling it a mixtape because Views is the album. This is called a playlist. Interesting. And it's, and it's mainly new songs from him, but a couple of other OVO artists. Huh. But he's calling it a playlist, and he's like, "It's not a mixtape. It's not throwaway. This one, he wants this to be the music that is the soundtrack to like your life. So he's calling huh. it a playlist, but it's not an album. What in the world? So would this thing be nominated next year potentially for Grammy? Be. Right? I mean, and what category does that go under? Oh, it would be hip hop. But would it be well, best album? Yeah. Right. What is it? It's a playlist. Uh, in case you missed it, the band Local Natives tweeted a cover of Ultralight Beams because, quote, we need the prayer of peace and serenity now more than ever. The song was actually recorded this summer in a session for Spotify, but the band said that now at the beginning of Advent season, we need it more than ever. Here's a clip. We're in an ultralight beam, we're in an ultralight beam This is a God dream, this is a God dream This is everything Everything I'm trying to keep my faith But I'm looking for more Somewhere I can feel I will shield your name I will feel their questions I will feel your pain No one can judge They don't, they don't know They don't know I'm trying to keep my faith That is good stuff I've oh, been yeah. streaming it all week Have you really? Just really getting into the spirit <laughs> Well, you need it now more than ever Yeah, apparently Local natives. I know we we talked about how <clears throat> what an awesome, what a great year Chance had. Local natives. Uh, their latest album was incredible too. Like, Absolutely. It, like this cool, innovative indie pop, and them covering Ultralight Beams. They're not doing it as a novelty. Like they take it, you know, as a serious cover, and it sounds cool, and it's an interesting take, and they're doing something really innovative in their genre as well. Uh, well, in case you missed it, this week Amazon announced a, a kind of a way that they are going to revolutionize the grocery industry with a new physical store called Amazon Go. It's a grocery store, but what's unique about it is it's smaller. It's in an urban area. The, they have one right now. It's in Seattle that they're in like beta mode with, and it won't have any registers, lines, or checkouts. Crazy. So what happens is you have the you would have the Amazon app on your phone, and when you walked into the store, you would scan it. And then, you know, it, 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 now it's activated your phone and uh, you go around the store and it can sense when you take something off a shelf. Oh, wow. It can sense when you it's put crazy. something back on the shelf. So, so then what happens is it knows it's tracking what you take with you and you just leave and it automatically <laughs> charges your account and you never talk to a person. Yeah. The thing I really like about it is that you, you know, you're paying for all these things in a really convenient way, but you can also pretend that you're shoplifting. 
<laughs> like like you so Adam, in your case like you go in with like a trench coat and sunglasses and before every purchase you like look over your shoulder and dramatically exactly. put it in like an inside pocket yeah. so this is this is a way for the winona riders of the world mm. to be able to scratch that itch yeah. without getting arrested That's right. yeah well this it's, is going to revolutionize hollywood then yeah. so you're, te- you're it's like a west world for shoplifters like you can just go right. and live exactly that weird twisted fantasy <laughs> we just have to hope that the uh, the food doesn't suddenly become self-aware. <laughs> um, and it has aisles, which is like a maze back there. You don't know where you, you know, it's it's a whole thing. Doing. I like it. I like it. Ed, Ed Harris is lurking around just being <laughs> ominous. Well, Ed Harris would be the security guard who's there just for show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amazon's actually planning on building as many as 2,000 of these Amazon Go stores in the next 10 years. So the, the other thing is it allows you to avoid human contact contact even further. This is this <laughs> is what I'm the most excited about because I specifically rent from a certain car company and stay at a certain hotel because they have technology solutions where I don't have to talk to a human. Wow. So yeah. I land at an airport, I walk right out to the car, get in it and leave. I arrive to the hotel when I walk into the lobby, I get a notice that says you're in room 328. I go up to the room and my watch or my phone is my key. That wow. is insane. I never talk to a human when I travel. We this is, are in the future. This is wonderful. <laughs> I would get my snacks at Amazon Go downstairs and just live a happy life of solitude. <laughs> Alone talking only to robots. <laughs> <laughs> and in, you're like, so, so But one day your future is like you live like somewhere where the only people you encounter are robots and inflatables that you put in your yard. <laughs> pretty much Uh, in case you missed it this week a YouTube star was born Mm -hmm. uh, with videos that exclusively feature him singing Mm. pop songs (laughs) with the lyrics to Smash Mouth's All Star (laughs) (laughs) this guy is my hero I love him his name is John Sudano and uh, he's accumulated more than 14 million views uh, by doing these covers Uh, he's done Adele's Hello Um, uh, here's a clip coincidence. The lyrics match up with Adele's hello perfectly. There's no way he could do it to a more complicated song. Uh, Jesse, uh, something complicated like maybe YMCA by the Impossible. Village People? Uh, Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed She was looking kinda dumb with her finger and her thumb In the shape of a nail on her forehead The years start coming and they don't stop coming Fed to the rules and they hit the ground running okay, It makes okay, sense okay, like This is impressive yeah. Karen, what about like, what about a somber country ballad? Like let's no. say Johnny Cover's cover of Hurt 
Johnny Cash impossible. is hurt. I don't impossible. know. Uh, yeah, well, let's see. I, he he took a stab at it. He's actually playing guitar. Like, just when I think he can't get any more difficult, he does. This is the hero that YouTube needed. What? Like, what other form, what other era of human history could this guy have tens of millions of people around the world watch him cover songs with Smash what, Mouth? What, whenever, we live in a beautiful time. Whenever I see something like this or, see, you know, when I'm people watching at Disney or something like that, I always try to figure out backstory. Mm. Yeah. I just immediately, I'm thinking, what, what led to this? What led to that outfit choice? What led mm. to, you know, who is that? That yeah. camera angle. Correct. Um, with this guy, were th- did this idea occur to him from a place of humor or a place of sadness? That's what I can't like. Was, <laughs> like I can't tell what sparked this. You know? I, here's okay. Like I have this thing I think about sometimes. Like when when there's like a recipe that calls for like ginger, like a root. Like right. at what point in human history did someone's like I'm going to try this root, like and right. eat it. Right. Not a fruit, but something underground. Yeah, or like, I'm dig who this figured up. out that some mushrooms are good and some are bad? Right. At some point, <laughs> someone had this idea to do this. At what point did he sit down right. and think, I'm going to try to sing songs, but I'm going to only use the lyrics to Smash Mouth song all I mean, is like, he What sparked it? Is he, like, is he, again, is this ironic and funny to him, or is he a huge Smash Mouth <laughs> fan and he's trying to show how brilliant Smash Mouth is that they write songs as mm, good or better than any of them. Definitely the latter. I think yeah. so too. He's a passionate so individual. Then, so basically, he's passionate but it's from a place of sadness. It's not a place of sure. irony. We find humor in it. He doesn't. No, is what yeah, you're saying. I think yeah. he hears the song on a philosophical level. Okay. So you're, you're <laughs> say, your case is this. Like, he's such an apologist, not yeah. just for Smash Mouth. He's proving you want his theory. For one yeah. Smash Mouth song. Yeah. That, that good. he's willing to go to these lengths. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, because he's he never smirks. Mm-hmm. He never <laughs> like clues you in that he thinks this is bizarre and funny. He's just trying to reach the people where they're at. Right. You know what I mean? Adele. Oh, oh you like Adele? Avenue. Oh, you like Adele? Yeah. You would like Smash Mouth too. <laughs> oh, you like Johnny Cash? Oh, you would like Smash Mouth too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. In the titles, it says 1080p full. And none of them are in 1080p. They're all 720, and none of them are They're full cover. There's also oh, man. if you click we're, on the uh, we're through the looking glass here. <laughs> if, if you click on closed captions, yeah, uh, it's different words than what he's thinking. <laughs> what he's singing. Okay, so either he's just a, he's it's passionate just a, about Smash it's just Mouth. A, it's he's just a sloppy. Rick roll. That's what it is. You think? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you think he's in on it? Oh, for sure. Okay. Well, is then, he a bug that Smash Mouth is planting? Well, then, then I feel better about this. Then we're laughing with him, not at oh, him. Oh, for sure. Okay. 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 Then I feel better about it. If you see the videos, you'll know why that's an important distinction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 hey, in case you missed it, this week uh, the video game that Dragon Cancer, which we did one of my favorite stories in the last several years about this video game. It's a true story of a, of a guy who 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 was a software uh, game creator. And he made a game 
as his son was battling with cancer, he made a video game to kind of like um, kind of telling that story. And as he was making the game, didn't know what the outcome would be of the story. And so like it's, it's rawness, okay. it's vulnerability, it's, it's honesty. It's, it's just, I mean, it, what video game are you crying in the middle of it? It's yeah. an unbelievable game. It, the, the imagery of it is, is compelling and he's a believer. He and his wife are believers. And we did this story on him a couple issues ago in Relevant. Anyway, this week, uh, that video game, it's called That Dragon Cancer, took home uh, the Games for Impact Award at the Game Awards. And the acceptance speech uh, is incredible. Um, here's a clip of what he said. You let us tell the story of my son, Joel. And in the end, it was not the story that we wanted to tell. But you chose to love us through our grief by being willing to stop and to listen and to not turn away. To let my son Joel's life change you because you chose to see him and to experience how we loved him. And I have hope that when we are all willing to see each other, not for just who we want to be, but who we are and who we're meant to be. This act of love and this act of grace can change the world. Thank you. That was, um, wow. that was Ryan Green. Wow. It's, it's yeah, Ryan and his wife, Amy, and I think another collaborator that, that made, made the, Josh, uh, the yeah. game. Yeah, Josh Green, his brother. It's powerful, absolutely powerful. That experience of playing the game and hearing their story and hearing how it challenged their own theology and their own faith and what they believe about God and what they believe about healing. It stays with you a long time and uh, it's good to see it getting the recognition it got. The, it was in our spring issue, one of our spring issues and, um, the, he and his wife came from or come from a, a church stream that believes in healing and faith and you you know God will heal and has power to heal and I, I personally believe that as well um, and and so as they were in the middle of this they and they're creating the game they were talking to us about the fact that they actually really believe that the outcome of the game would be a, mirac- a miracle mm-hmm. would happen wow yeah. and the journey that they had to go on when that wasn't the outcome and their little five year old son died. Uh, and then, you know, that is in the game now. Yeah. Um, wow. Really rocked them. Here's one, what they said to us. Um, God is bigger and more mysterious and beyond what I understand. Um, but I have hope that since he calls himself father, he must in some way be like how I feel about Joel. I have to hold on to that tether. I feel like that is a reflection of creation. It's messy, it's brutal, and it's full of pain and suffering. And yet... I feel like there must be something really intrinsic about creation in that story. That's the thing I'm wrestling with and trying to understand, but kind of resolving that I won't understand. Mm. Um, mm. It's a powerful piece. Wow. If uh, yeah. You can get old issues irrelevant on our website. I, or, or the article would be on our website as well. Yeah. Yeah. We posted yeah. it recently again. Yeah, yeah we go. reposted it this week when it got recognized. Yeah. yeah. Go check that out. All right. Well, on that uh, very different note than the Smash Mouth guy, uh, that'll do it for... (laughs) In case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Jesus, Jesus, fragile child, tender, meek, and wild, come 
listening to Gunger. The song is Glory. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Hoyle with the song Unwed Mother. Both of those songs are from the brand new free Christmas album that we just released for you guys. Um, It's volume six of A Very Relevant Christmas. We've done this six years in a row and it released, uh, I believe, the day after Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. because we wouldn't let you listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Um, And anyway, uh, go check it out. It's on our, uh, you can find it on the drop at relevantmagazine.com. You can either just stream it there on the site or you can just click and download it. It's It's our gift to you. You can import it into your playing devices, your Zoom, whatever you <laughs> fancy, and uh, and uh, and take it with you. And and we've been doing it for six years. It's one of the things we love doing. And we appreciate all the artists that that contributed tracks. A lot of them rec- went to the studio and recorded new songs just for this project. And it's it's a lot of fun to put this together every year. So go check that out. Speaking of music, now Adam, you weren't on the show last week, so you weren't aware of what happened with us and the hip-hop group Social Club Misfits. Yes. So I want to give an update to the listeners. I want to give an update to them about uh, where everything stands with Social Club Misfits. It's not good. I'll tell them that. (laughs) (laughs) So so for some context, I was picking music for last week's show and uh, was listening to the new single by Social Club. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. And it was just, it just kept playing. It's called Pop Out Revenge. Uh, it's it's a great single. I'll I'll play you a clip. And about two and a half minutes in, uh, a little reference to relevant caught my ear. Like a Caesar fam This real life No makeup When I write it down You better know it Caddy riding that new school And that school zone So ever slowly This that new ocean away to swim All in the room Like an elephant Magazine that up irrelevant Gossip and rumors Irrelevant Stay away from those Who telling it I write down what I feel When I'm feeling it Capital records The label we dealing with Do you realize What you're dealing with If you're all up And your feelings quick You've been bought With a price So you innocent You're the son and daughters Of the risen king That's in the win On the winning team This for them Okay, so you heard it. Now we we were we no see we we were we were like so I played it. I'm like, hey guys, we got it. We got some sort of shot. I played on the show, and the room kind of looked at me inquisitively, like, what did they say again? Mm -hmm. And so Chelsea pulls up Genius.com, the lyrics website, and it had the song, and it's and it said on the website. Magazine editor relevant. Yes. Magazine editor relevant. Gossip and rumors irrelevant. Stay away from those who telling it. Mm-hmm. And we like, wait, are they telling their listeners? Like he's calling out the magazine editor relevant for publishing gossip and rumors. What is this all about? Mm-hmm. Anyway. So the label heard it. And uh, I got some very frantic texts on a Friday uh, last week uh, just saying, um, guys, um, like, no, what? Uh, and so then Marty and Fern, the two guys from Social Club Misfits, uh, clarified for us via text that the lyric is actually incorrect on Genius.com. Mm-hmm. The lyric is magazine ad up and relevant. Mm-hmm. Magazine ad up and relevant. Da, 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 and everything else goes on from there. He was saying we were like bragging that we got so much swag that we got ads <laughs> up and relevant. He's like, that was, uh, it was totally a positive thing. You know, da, da, da. he's like, people don't know that it costs racks to get enough ad up and relevant. You know, it's yeah. like, so anyway, so that's what the lyric actually says. 
Um, and it has since been changed on Genius.com. Because the le- the weird thing about Genius.com is that it's just people contribute it. Right. But unlike Wiki, it can't be edited. Yeah. So the label was trying to edit it. And the label reached out to Genius.com and, ma- and had one of the staffers manually change it because it <laughs> was incorrect and upset, uh, quote unquote, upset a, a, a media friend. Um, anyway, so it, it is changed on Genius.com. Magazine ad up and relevant. Apparently, there's no beef. But wouldn't it be the whitest thing ever for us to mishear a hip hop lyric and have a beef with them anyway? Yeah, <laughs> I think that. Would... Well, and here's and here's the thing. Uh, you know, I get my news from a lot of different places on the internet, and I am prone to some people call them conspiracies, some people uh, call them the real news, and I think there's something at play here. I think. We may have heard it right. I think I think Genius is uninvolved in this. I think their label's involved. In I think those two, uh, I think both members of the group are involved. Frankly, I think this is a, a, a conspiracy that we don't even know how deep it goes, and we're going to get to the bottom of it next week. If you dig into WikiLeaks, Podesta was emailed about it. I'm just saying. Whoa. Thank you. Thank you. Pizza, they were, they were at a pizza joint writing this song. And, oh. Yeah. oh, too yeah. soon. Um, yeah. I, I want to know, when are we going to release our own dish? track <laughs> oh, good call. Well, we were like, working like, on like it i think until the beef was squashed hey, you know eddie eddie actually was texting me a lot about he had composed of one um <laughs> and he was composing a diss track but he he the only thing he had gotten so far and he worked for a few hours on it is my name is eddie and i'm here to say <laughs> and he never got past oh, that man. Well, no, no. Track. i saw the updated one it just devolved into smash mouth lyrics <laughs> <laughs> Can can I just say, look, I want to throw my hat in the ring as possibly the only person among us who has rap battled Nick Cannon on the that podcast. That is true. I remember wow. that. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. the most... Uh, okay. It was wild it, and out is what it do you was. Remember, it was do, you remember, do you remember the episode of The Office, uh, Scott's Tots? Of course. Okay. I had to watch two thirds of that show on mute because it was so uncomfortable for me. Adam. Okay. Nick Cannon. While now it was on TV, Nick Cannon was on the show and Adam straight up at the end of the interview says, I'd like to battle you freestyle. And Nick doesn't know that we're ridiculous. So he thinks he's serious. And Adam's rap was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever heard. (laughs) If I could have muted it, I would. I couldn't handle it. I had to leave the room. It was so bad. The fact that he did it so straight faced and so terribly. Um, What year would that have been? Like 07? I think it just ended in me like trailing off muttering. (laughs) <laughs> I distinctly no. remember it. So it, it, it was probably, yeah, in that era, 2006, 2007. It, it, it also started with, my name is Adam and I'm here to say. <laughs> <laughs> as all good, as all good rap battles do. Yeah. Uh, so, so here's the deal. So, so, you know, we're talking to them. These guys are funny. They have good sense of humor. That it, it was a misunderstanding. All's good between relevant social club misfits. We're very relieved. This isn't a Toby Mac situation. Uh, we, we like these guys. Um, and they are going to come on the show next week for a special rap challenge. Wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, you definitely won't so want to So should I that. start dusting off the microphone? Yeah, basically. If your microphone's dusty, you should probably dust it off anyway. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so there you go. So that, that's the update on Social Club because it was at this moment in last week's show when that all happened. So, yeah. okay, on that note, wow. it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? <clears throat> all right, well, uh, Cameron, I know uh, as we were talking earlier, you like technology that you get to avoid 
human contact. Correct. But what if you even got to take one step further back and avoid even using human words? Uh, Google is going in that direction because they're just unveiling a new function that allows you to use only emojis to search for things. So, for example, if I uh, use the cheeseburger emoji in Google, right now it'll show me the locations of restaurants that serve cheeseburgers nearby. That is awesome. They're eliminating the need to actually search words to use their search engine. <laughs> Next year is actually a big year for emojis. Not only is Google embracing it as a major part of their, or potentially a major part of their search platform moving forward, but there are going to be fifty new, 55 new characters rolled out. Wow. Um, there is the Unico- Unicode uh, group that meets to discuss what emojis should be added to the collective catalog. Right. And they're going to be doing some that embrace diversity next year. So there will be like a woman in a headscarf to make sure more Muslim users are represented. There'll also be just like random stuff that people have asked for, like flying saucers and socks mm. and broccoli are going to be added to the emoji catalog. Can we but just get a can we just get a shrug emoji, please? Kind of like I don't know. Yes, please. The, Thank the you. Right now you have to type out that awkward like little emoticon thing. I love that guy. I use it all the time. But if we could get that in <laughs> emoji form, that'd be my go-to right now. And, and can we get a big-eyed one without the blushing cheeks? Because because <laughs> I like a what the what? I need a what the what uh, emoji. Not like an but I don't need an embarrassed emoji. I just need a yeah. I need a bug-eyed one. Mm. I actually used that one this morning while we were talking. Oh wow! And. Yeah, and I wasn't embarrassed. I was just surprised. <laughs> exactly. I need an arm. I need a shrug and a, and a surprise. Do that's you what it is. right what about now the, the one that fades from yellow to blue with the hands? That's like no, that's more like shocked. Oh, the oh, scream, okay. the scream emoji. Yeah, yeah I've used so, that as like, oh my goodness. But the the Unicode consortium is it's it's like a pretty big group. I mean, they have when you think about it, they have a lot of power because these symbols have to work like across platforms, and mm-hmm. so you're talking about hundreds of millions of people around the world are going to be using the symbols that they decide. How the heck do they do it? Like, one, who's in part of this? Like, kind of like sort of like shadowy group that is deciding what symbols should represent the, the most essential parts of human <laughs> communication. It is the Illuminati. This is what we, I didn't know what the Illuminati did for years. Now I know mm-hmm. they picked the emojis. That's the true power. But the, but the, the weird thing is that's not that far off. Like I'm not saying like they're giving us. So you're clues. saying Jay Z is part of this this uh, council and uh, Beyonce, and they they somehow yeah. meet in a triangle building and pick emojis. And so you're telling me that the the key to unlocking all the secret meaning of the emojis, like the, you want to know the reason why Pooh has a smiley face, is you're going to have to steal the Declaration of Independence and find all the answers. Yeah. The what, what I'd love to see are the apocryphal emojis. What is that? What do you mean? Like, you know, the examples. emojis that didn't make the cut that oh. they decided were were not divinely inspired. Yeah. You know? What's interesting is uh, Catholics actually have five more emojis than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you have, Adam? Okay. So I don't know about you, but I like to get people horrible gifts for Christmas. Um, a few years ago, uh, when we very first moved to Australia, right, uh, we had no money because we had just basically spent all our money moving from New Zealand to Australia. And my parents were coming over for Christmas. I think we had $12 and I went to buy them a Christmas present and I panicked 
absolutely panicked and grabbed the first thing I could find, which was a Vegemite branded oh. egg cup and butter knife. Right. I don't. I okay. know what one of those words mean. <laughs> okay. Vegemite and yeah. egg cuff. You might as well be talking in different language. <laughs> well, uh, nothing. Nothing you would want to receive for Christmas. No. Let me okay. assure you of that. So, of course, I didn't give it to them because I was too embarrassed. So, I found something else. But in keeping with the tradition of terrible gifts, if you want to get someone an awful, awful gift, and you want to spend a lot of money to do it, Nordstrom. Uh, has advertised in their catalog, you can buy a rock in a leather pouch for $85. What? Right? A rock? A rock. They they don't tell you what to do with it. They say, you know, is it a paperweight? Is it a conversation piece? Is it a piece of art? Basically, you decide. And they, they go so far as to say it's a Los Angeles area rock. Oh, yeah. Because LA is known for its rocks i suppose um and it comes in a uh, a hand-stitched leather pouch that looks like basically everyone's uh boy scout leather work project right like it's not a it's it's not a finely hand-stitched leather pouch it is a haphazardly hand-stitched leather pouch uh so 85 dollars for a pouch with a rock Wow. Do, you, do you do you think it's like a subversive commentary on consumerism, or do you think it's like something like this is Nordstrom's? They don't do subversive commentary. No, they, they just do. They do, do conspicuous <laughs> consumption. No, they do. Cons- <laughs> they do commentary <laughs> against poor people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the, this this semi ironic graphic tee costs seventy five dollars. That can't be right, but I'm going to buy it. <laughs> no, they don't sell seven hundred dollar tees. Their tees are two hundred dollars. Oh insane. wow! I literally actually their rocks are seventy five dollars. Yeah, if you go to Saint, <laughs> you, I was I, I happened to stop in a in a uh, Saint Laurent store mm. once up in New wow. York. Just oh, those are some cool looking leather jackets. Let me see. You know, thinking they'd be like, ooh, really expensive, like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars, because like all Saints would be like eight hundred okay. bucks. Yeah. You know, surely it's like double because it's fashion. Nine thousand dollars and up. There are t shirts. Wow. That's crazy. T shirts. T shirts were three hundred dollars. That is five times more than my first car. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's a uh, ironic, uh, con- you know, uh, commentary on being poor is charging $300 for a t-shirt. I want to know the type of person who goes to Nordstrom, who sees a rock in a leather pouch and is like... Yeah. Sweet. I've been yeah, looking exactly. for one They're of like, these. I've got a budget of $85 yeah. for Christmas. <laughs> looking around Nordstrom, rock, done. Some loaded <laughs> geologist out there is just thrilled for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, my guess, my guess is that it's, it's the Nordstrom equivalent of a white elephant gift. So when rich people go to a white elephant exchange, they don't spend $10 like normal people do. Mm. They would spend $75 or $100. So here's a humorous white elephant gift. In the rich people range. That would be my guess. Yeah, wow. and they'd yeah. all have a good laugh. Yeah. I, I like Chelsea's idea that it's a geologist. I just love to think of a geologist walking through Nordstrom's like, <laughs> $85 for an igneous rock? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> what about the salespeople at Nordstrom's? Because here's the thing. They do hire good salespeople. They know everything about like the suit size, the shoe size. Are they going to know about that rock? You know, if I went in there, be like, so uh, 85 bucks, how old's this rock? And I do, are they going to be like, <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just I, a rock. I mean, it's pretty old. Yeah. I can't give you exact, but I'm going to say, 
I'm going to put it in the five digits. I don't know. It's $85. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you have, uh, Chelsea? Well, uh, being the social media maven here at Relevant, I figured it'd only be appropriate if we discussed uh, Twitter releasing their hashtag this happened list for 2016. It is a list highlighting the most viral hashtags and tweets of the year. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting because we as a society are the most connected and vocal on social media now than we've ever been. And it's growing in a lot more ways than it ever has. I think the list is really significant in knowing what we as a global community are interested in. Of non-poor people because they they don't have phones to contribute right. hashtags and stuff. Yeah, We as a Western society, what we think. Western affluent society. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so what does it Without say? Fond- all of us fondling our, our rocks. Yeah. <laughs> sitting, so- sitting here with our leather pouch rocks. <laughs> Those of us with our smartphone in one hand and leather pouch rocks in the other uh, made some interesting choices this year um, on the global trending list for hashtags Pokemon Go beat out most of the major events that happened this year it beat yeah, out hashtag Trump it beat out Black Lives Matter no way yeah wow. yeah it's number three on the list Talk about sad, subversive commentary, you know, like, and I mean, I get it like something like Pokemon Go is designed to have like a viral appeal and have like a social component to like there's no social component to it. It's an app you download and play by yourself. I mean, it's like you're not tweeting about it. No, I mean, Chandler, you play together with people, right? Absolutely. So it's it's the anti-social media. I have group chats where it's like 10 of my friends and we will all go to a place to meet up to play Pokemon Go. And hang out. We wouldn't have right, hung out Right, but see, you're not tweeting hashtags about it. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh. this isn't, like, inherently a social right. media experience. Oh, well, no, sure. I, I don't mean, well, like, no, a social media, I, but I mean, like, there's a social component to it, and social. it's technical. Co- so I could see, like, conceivably how it could be on the list. But it's still, it's interesting commentary that more people want to go out of their way mm-hmm. to use Twitter to talk about yeah. a game that doesn't exist then on that Black platform. Lives Matter. Uh-huh. Then they do about a social issue. That's where I'll go to brag about catching something that, that was pretty do you hash- <laughs> Do you hashtag, though? Charmander hashtag Charmander. There was a few times where I was ha- I hashtag Pokemon or Pokemon Go. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if you were summing up this year, 2016, and a hashtag, it would just be hashtag and that screaming emoji. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Oddly enough, he did not make it on to the list. Um, they also have a couple different lists. Top trending movies. Obviously, Star Wars was at the very top of that list. Um, for trending TV shows, Game of Thrones was number one with The Walking Dead right behind it. Um, I, oddly enough, Grey's Anatomy was number three. I just, maybe I'm out of <laughs> That's touch. still on? But that was really surprising. Grey's well, maybe, Anatomy? Maybe, maybe it's because it, it's not on anymore and everybody was sad about it or like it ended. Did the show end last season? I think it killed off like a character. That, I don't know. I That could McSteamy? have been like three years Did ago. Did it kill off McSteamy? Maybe they brought back McSteamy. <laughs> And that's Ghost why McSteamy. it went viral. <laughs> yeah. it, t- it took a weird sci-fi twist this year, like Ghost Dad. Hashtag Ghost McSteamy became- was the number one trending topic throughout the month of August. Wow. 
Speaking of memes that are got mainstream attention, like Time announced their person of the year, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> I saw on Twitter people were like, "Vote!" It was you know, uh, if you haven't heard, it was Donald Trump. But people were tweeting who they think it should be, and a lot of people were tweeting that cartoon. I, I don't know if it's Far Side or what, but it became a meme of like the dog sitting on, at a table drinking coffee with flames all around him, and his word bubble. Oh was, yeah, this yeah. Is fine. The, this is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I posted I on Cameron. election night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I saw Cameron put that. People people voted that as person of the year this year. No like that way. got a lot of votes. No way. I don't yeah. think we're far from that. I think a meme making person of the year is totally within our reach. They it was reported on multiple platforms this year that Ted Cruz did so poorly among young voters because he became a meme too early on in a oh, negative way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like, well, Marco Rubio's like water bottle incident like cost him like a lot of his like image cred early on. Yeah. It, like it is weird how, or Jeb's, uh, what was clap. his? Um, please, please clap. clap. <laughs> oh, please oh, clap. Poor Jeb. Yeah. Oh, that was painful. <laughs> that was as painful as uh, Adam battle rapping Nick Cannon. <laughs> the, you, the, the thing amazing. is, Ad, ironically, Adam ended that rap battle by saying, please clap. Nick Cannon flatly refused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I think you're right about the meme thing though. Yeah. Like becoming I, like my Instagram feed. What I follow is uh, a quarter friends, a quarter <laughs> fantastic photographers, uh, a quarter cafe racer motorcycles, and a quarter memes. <laughs> yeah, like that's all I take in. Totally. It's like it's my the, source. The of humor. only Instagram accounts I follow are basically basically memes. I, I follow Clickhole, I yeah. follow The Onion, and I follow that uh, one paperback paradise. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Most major publications are creating memes for their Instagram accounts. Yeah, I don't like that though. <laughs> that, that feel, that's when it's going to kill the meme. Yeah. It just needs, you know what I mean? Like, like if it gets co opted by corporate agenda yeah. or like, <laughs> hey, look, we're young and relevant to the young people. We're going to make a meme to advertise soap. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It does. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It, it, the thing about memes is that they have to happen organically, or they yeah. just don't totally. Work. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like you, it's impossible to manufacture. Last night, I literally was laying in bed and was I was on Facebook. But you know, the Facebook video, you watch one and then you just scroll down. There's like a million yeah. related, and uh, I got in this deep wormhole of those <laughs> videos of like who did this, you know? And it's like yeah, yeah, funny yeah. videos with like music or whatever. And it's just like you know. I mean, I, I probably spent forty five minutes at two a.m. <laughs> watching videos, crying, laughing. I mean, it was they were fantastic. It's a, it's a, ha- it's an art form. Yeah. That that happened with me one night on the Thug Life videos. Have you ever seen that where someone Oh, like, those are so good. I, I it was literally 2 or 3 hours just watching one after the other after the other after the other. Yeah. It's kind of like when you start R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. You just you, can't you just, stop. You can't stop. You just got to go. You can't thing, look away. You're like, yeah. how is this going to end? This can't possibly be 10 parts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll wrap slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Ellie Holcomb joins us.
You're listening to Andrew Bell. The song is Back for Christmas. From a very relevant Christmas volume six. Singer-songwriter Ellie Holcomb combines her Americana, folk, and pop influence on songs about faith, love, and God on her new album, Red Sea Road. Ellie is also a member of the outfit Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Notice the same last name? Mm-hmm. Marriage. Mm-hmm. Marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she recently stopped by the Relevant <laughs> Studios to play a few of her tracks from the new project. Here is Ellie Holcomb. Hey, I'm Ellie Holcomb. Uh, this song I actually wrote, started writing on a radio tour a couple years ago. And I actually had strep throat. I felt terrible. And um, I started singing the pre-chorus to this song, and I was reading through Isaiah 61, which um, contains so many promises, just the ministry of Jesus. And uh, it was so amazing to kind of take my eyes in that moment off of how terrible I felt and, um, and fix my gaze on Jesus. So this comes from Isaiah 61, and it's called, He Will. Heaven came and kissed the earth Prophets long ago foretold his birth He became the living word To show the human heart its worth Whoa, whether I'm in want or plenty Whether I'm in health or ill Our God promises his children He will, he will He'll bind up the brokenhearted Oh, he will Oh, he will He'll set captives free from darkness Oh, he will Oh, he will He'll give hope into the hopeless Help a restless soul be still Oh, oh, he will He will And he walked in truth and sorrows entered all our pain on the cross he took our place then he woes up out of the grave whether i'm in want or plenty whether i'm in health or ill our god promises his children he will he will he'll bind up the broken hearted oh he will oh he will Set captives free from darkness So he will, oh he will He'll breathe hope into the hopeless Help a restless soul be still Oh, 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 oh he will, he will
darkness Oh, He will, oh, He will He'll bring hope into the hopeless Help a restless soul be still Oh, 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 He will, He will That was Ellie Holcomb. Make sure to check out her new album, Red Sea Road, when it comes out next month. Christmas Volume 6. Tim Keller is the founding pastor of New York City's influential Redeemer Presbyterian Church, and he's helped launch more than 250 churches across the country in the last decade. Uh, Tim is the author of more than two dozen books, including his latest, which is called Hidden Christmas. We recently talked with Tim about the book and the deeper messages of the Advent season. Here is Tim Keller. So I've been, you know, first getting into to making sense of God. So this mm-hmm. book f- seems to me um, pretty similar to, to your, your famous, The Reason for God. Can, can you lay out why this book and, and how the two do relate? Yeah. Oh, it's a prequel. <laughs> it's, it's a prequel. And uh, if you, um, uh, The Reason for God is a kind of, um, a kind of traditional case for Christianity, fairly traditional, um, maybe updated in a lot of ways, maybe a little more, um, I don't know, patient than a lot of other, um, cases for Christianity. So, but anyway, it's basically a pretty traditional case for here's the, here are the objections to Christianity and, you know, the answers. Then secondly, here's the, here's the reasons why, uh, belief in God makes, uh, makes rational sense. Uh, here's the reason why belief in Christianity makes rational sense. So it's kind of a, like, you know, here's the evidence for the resurrection. So it's kind of a, a, a traditional case for Christianity. But it's a, you know, it's a full-size book. And I came to see over the years that that you had to be pretty motivated to read a book like that. Uh, you you had to think that it was worth your time to explore Christianity. And uh, I read I read. A few years ago, I read a Ponce from Pascal, where he says, um, 
nobody's going to this isn't what he actually said but here's the gist of it Uh, he says people aren't going to take time to explore whether Christianity is true unless they think it was a good idea that it was true Uh, you know like the the average person today I think says I don't care if it's true or not because it's totally irrelevant to me I mean you know it's I mean what what good and so basically I felt like there needed to be um, some engagement over why it would be great if it were true I mean the average person doesn't see that so th- this book is actually though it, it what I, I couldn't resist the last two chapters of the book are a kind of supplemental recap of the case for Christianity what I mean by supplemental is you know it's been seven eight years since Reason for God came out there were a few things I felt like I'd like to put in here that weren't in Reason for God that I've thought of since since I wrote that but by and large the last two chapters are a kind of a bit of a recapitulation of why believe in the rational case uh, with references to other books Uh, but the most of this thing is why it's a good idea to consider Christianity why Christianity or put it this way I would say in the first part of the book I try to say that everybody arrives at what they believe about whether there's a God or no God or whatever everybody arrives at their beliefs through a combination of emotional cultural and rational uh, thinking and processing uh the reason we disbelieve is because there are social and cultural reasons, like we hang out with people that we like and we find their view of life plausible. There are emotional reasons um, and there's intellectual, rational reasons. This new book, Hidden Christmas, it's kind of been framed uh, around the fact that oftentimes Christmas has a very sanitized face, kind of um, mm-hmm. the precious moments, nativity kind of mm-hmm. concept. Um, and, and what you've said is that that misses kind of what's really going on with Christmas and kind of the, the hard edges, I think, was one of the words I saw th- thrown around. So can, can you explain what's going on there? Yeah, yeah, you know, actually, the inspiration, even though I don't even think I use it, I might actually footnote it. Have you ever seen his little satirical piece that C.S. Lewis wrote years ago called Xmas or Christmas? Mm -hmm. It's a lost chapter of Herodotus. It's funny. It's like somebody goes to the island of Nyatir, which, of course, is Britain spelled backwards, and discovers this very, very strange place where there's two different groups of people that celebrate... um, uh, two different holidays on the same day and then he goes and describes it and he calls Xmas is, is a commercial holiday where people go out and they buy gifts and they get drunk and all that uh, it's a bit you know a little over the top and then, and then Christmas is a holiday is utterly different and it's about a, a child born to manger etc and then at the very end it said now there are these theories that these are really two versions of the same holiday that have have you know evolved away from each other over time but that's impossible so it's a it's a satirical piece on the fact that you actually have a secular holiday uh that grew out of the religious holiday and they're and they're celebrated at the same time and what i try to do in the very very beginning was to kind of not be too too harsh about that Uh, i said i said the reason why the secular holiday does gift giving is because Jesus was the great gift. The reason why the secular holiday talks about the poor is because Jesus was born in a manger. The reason why the secular holiday is a festival of lights is because even the Bible says 
you know, uh, on is that is that our our hope comes from outside of us. It's a dark world, and Jesus is the light, and so on. So I said, all of the sec- all of the features of the secular holiday are actually have grown out of the religious roots. And that's fine. I'm, I said I'm very happy to share the virtues of the of the uh, holiday with the broader world. But there is a danger that that nobody will even acknowledge where the roots are. And so I said, I did, this is a little bit of education for people, whether you're Christian or you're not. And if you do Christmas, this is where all the ideas of Christmas come from. The book is actually a set of, as you might guess, it's a set of essentially Christmas sermons. In other words, I took, I took eight texts that over the years I've preached on, and I basically did eight kind of sermon homiletic meditations on each one. And I'm basically taking people from zero to 60. And and it's a very short book. It's like 30,000 words. And it's essentially saying, it essentially evangelizes the reader and then tries to disciple the reader (laughs) using Christmas. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of Christianity 101 through the prism of of Christmas texts uh, with, with the purpose of just letting anybody who reads it know that this is, these are the roots of the holiday that you celebrate whether you know it or not. That was Tim Keller. For more from that conversation, stuff you didn't hear, check out the current issue of Relevant. Uh, there's an article with Tim in there on yeah. Stands Now. The Halls, the song is Oh Holy Night. It's on a very relevant Christmas, volume six. You see a pattern here? When Ellie Holcomb uh, came through the studio, uh, it was on a a day where a lot of bands were coming through. And so we had like these big operations. I mean, it was like, you know, uh, David Crowder and like 19 instrumentalists and like just, it was a big hectic day. And we ended it with Ellie who showed up, sat on a bar stool, 
with an acoustic guitar wow. and did an amazing <laughs> performance. Uh, it was refreshing to yeah, say the least. Nice. And um, she had her posse, uh, her entourage was one person, her dad. Um, uh, Brown Bannister is That's his awesome. name. He's a very famous, if you know Christian music at all, Brown Bannister is a famous producer and musician, very influential on the rise of Christian Super music nice guy. over the last 30 years. I, when I w- lived in Nashville, I worked in that industry. Um, I remember visiting the Brown Bannister's house for wow. a gathering. I don't I don't remember meeting him, but I remember being in his house because when I walked in in his foyer, I saw his stairs and sure enough he had a brown banister. <laughs> and I just remember <laughs> <laughs> I just stuck so in my meta. head. Like, and of course, of course he does. Was he going to paint it out white? Of course he has a brown banister. <laughs> Do you think that that's n- how he was named? I, I don't know. Interesting. I think he probably comes from an artsy family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, his, his child, Ellie Holcomb, is also right. artsy. There you go. It's, <laughs> it's in their genes mm-hmm. to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> performing another song from her upcoming album, Red Sea Road. Here is Ellie Holcomb. This song comes out of Psalm 139. And... Uh, I guess I got sick of the comparison game. It leads me nowhere great. (laughs) And uh, I kind of started asking myself the question, what if instead of just measuring myself always uh, based on everybody around me, what if I just like saw me the way that God sees me and believed what he said about me was true? So this is wonderfully made. It's two in the morning And I'm still awake in my bed And I can't shake these lies They keep running around in my head What if I saw me The way that you see me What if I believed it was true What if I traded this shame and self-hatred For a chance at believing you You met me together in my mother's womb May say that I've never been hidden from you And you say that I'm wonderfully
consider the heavens above Oh, what is man that you're mindful of us Still you say that we're wonderfully Wonderfully Ellie Holcomb. You can follow Ellie on Twitter at Ellie Holcomb. Diamonds on the hills reflect the thrill of all the glory that has fallen to the earth. All of life surrendering beneath the death that winter brings in hope of new should matter too. Every dollar you put in a bank or credit union is used for something. And at Evangelical Christian Credit Union, your money is only used to support Christian ministry that aligns directly with your values and beliefs. At ECCU, every dollar you spend or save is supporting ministry like loans to churches and banking services for missionaries. Ask yourself, what does your current bank do with your money? If you don't know the answer, or don't like the answer, it may be time for a change. Visit www.eccu.org to see our competitive checking, savings, credit cards, and auto loans. That's www.eccu.org. Or call 1-800-634-ECCU to learn more about how your money can build ministry. All to Josh Garrels. The song is Gloria, and it, surprise, surprise, is on A Very Relevant Christmas Volume 6. No way. 
Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week's uh, question of the week, we asked you for your most memorable white elephant or Secret Santa gift story, gift giving or gift receiving. Uh, We want to know your white elephant stories. You guys did not disappoint. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmags.com, posted them there, and you also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here's a few of our favorites. Amy gave a fantastic one. (laughs) It was my first Christmas with my in-laws. Uh, and my mother-in-law gave me a ginormous set of tweezers, like a foot long. So these are comically long tweezers. <laughs> wait, wait, comically? Or are they just like industrial strength? I mean, well, did the no, mom? They're, 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 well, I mean, to, to, to a person that aren't familiar with them, they would seem comically long. Okay, and to okay. Amy, she assumed that they were surely a, a joke. Like, why would you need tweezers that look like normal tweezers, but only a giant would use? Like, (laughs) like at what point do tweezers become so big that pliers would be more effective? Yeah, yeah. So she gets a a foot long tweezers. She laughed and then started mock plucking her eyebrows with the Goliath tweezers. (laughs) Like, okay, funny joke. And then she looked up only to see a very straight-faced mother-in-law staring back at her. The mother-in-law replied with, those are not a joke. They're to use if you ever drop anything down the garbage disposal on accident. Uh, Okay, a very (laughs) specific application. Like specific set of circumstances yeah here's here's the kicker amy says 18 years later i've used those tweezers uh for that exact purpose twice so they've been they've lasted <laughs> for 20 years and they've already been put to use twice so uh if you get a gigantic pair of tweezers don't laugh at them well i mean look for that frequency it seems like you could just rent tweezers <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I'm only using once every 18 years, I'll just rent a gigantic pair on, uh, yeah, from Craigslist. I'll just use the twe- giant tweezer emoji in Google and they'll send me one. <laughs> uh, Evan Samanko said on Twitter, for a white elephant gift once, I got a Porsche manual and a half-eaten rock-hard biscuit, Thanks, uh, things my friend had under his bed. So <laughs> That's bad. Steve said, every year my family does a white elephant gift exchange where multiple gifts keeps coming back. The most prized, this is just terrible. Why would you give this? Is it is a Ziploc bag just known as the bag of nails. It's just a Ziploc bag full of nails. That does not sound like a fun gift exchange or family to be a part of. Madeline Costa said on Twitter that uh, her work had a week-long Secret Santa and a coworker who drew her name forgot about her. Uh, so then he he actually gave gifts to the wrong person, and then when he realized the mistake, he asked for them back from her, uh, and she wasn't happy. <laughs> oh. And then the guy's wife showed up at the staff Christmas party with an apology, chocolate, and coffee for for Madeline because uh, he was helpless without her. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. This one is sort of like my prank vengeance nightmare uh, because this is definitely going to come back on Jordan who said that at one white elephant gift exchange, he got an upholstered box with a porcelain doll head on top. So just something (laughs) incredibly creepy, but that's not the end of it. Uh, He didn't know what to do with it, so he thought it'd be hilarious just to go drive to a random house, leave it on the doorstep, 
ring the doorbell and run away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jordan says it still oh. haunts his nightmares every once in a while. And I'm sure the person, the, the, the poor victim whose house you left that at is still having nightmares. Like that's a story they're still telling, but it has a dramatically different tone, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are very few people who have received that gift who currently aren't buried in a crawl space. <laughs> uh, Matthew Tamalti says on Twitter, uh, worst gift was at a youth group, white elephant, uh, exchange someone gave a leopard print thong uh, the youth pastor <laughs> youth pastor made it disappear very fast that, that would be katie, uncomfortable katie says this one is awkward katie on on the podcast episode page said one year my parents got me laser hair removal i still haven't figured out what they were trying to tell me so okay along oh, those lines wow. along those lines uh, we'll wrap it here with this andrew feel uh, said one on Twitter, one Christmas, my wife's grandma gave me a Costco six pack of canned salmon. Everyone else got gifts they wanted. He doesn't <laughs> know why he got a Costco six pack of canned uh. salmon. Like he was the only one who didn't get a good gift. But. That, yeah, she. there's definitely a message. It's like, getting a ba- it's like getting a rock. It's, they're sending a message there. You're not wanted in this family. You're basically. But what if the rock is in a leather pouch? Oh, well, then at that point, it's... it's I love you, 85 Send five of them. It's ironic at how luxurious this joke is. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for last week's feedback. There's a lot more. You should go check it out and join in. Uh, it's time for this week's... Editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the show, we brought you the hard-hitting news, <laughs> the real news about the Illuminati meeting. Uh, they call it Unicode. It's really the Illuminati. And picking the new <laughs> emojis for 2017 uh, got us thinking about emojis and it got us thinking about how we use emojis, mm-hmm. how we would like some new ones to to send the correct emotional punctuation to the things we're trying to communicate. We would like, yeah, there's certain ones we want. I said, I want the surprise, not embarrassed, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. Um, we want to know from you though, have you ever sent a text <laughs> where you accidentally sent the wrong emoji and it created an awkward situation? Hundreds of times. Have you? For real? The worst was sending the kissy face with the heart to one of my bosses. Oh, oh, oh dear. Oh, it was bad. S- single boss, married boss. Single boss. Oh, that's <laughs> oh. yeah, even worse. That, you got a raise out of it. The message was so. a little sweet and I think there was no real way of me recovering. So I was just, I just left it. <gasps> you the, left the, the kissy only face way hanging? you can possibly recover do. from that is to quit the job, move town, and change your name. <laughs> Oddly enough, I moved to Orlando, Florida shortly after. Yeah. So. <laughs> I regularly see, like, on, uh, you know, memes or blogs show up, like, screenshots of, like, someone who is probably of a different generation who's just now getting, like, a phone with emoji capabilities that will send, like, I just heard that you and your boyfriend broke up. So sorry. And it's the crying, laughing emoji. Yeah, instead of crying. Yeah. My mom, my mom has sent me that because she's yeah. on an Android. Hilarious. Well, she's on an Android and the crying, laughing looks a little bit more like crying. Really? On Android than, than Apple. Wow. So for us, it's like happy, crying so hard. Right. And, yeah. and hers, it doesn't quite carry that nuance. And so she <laughs> yeah. really thought it was like she was punctuating a sad message with crying, laughing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I got the news. I, I, uh, I found out your dog died crying, laughing. Who <laughs> said <laughs> <laughs> I get uh, it. You didn't like the dog, okay? You know, it doesn't have to bring you to the point of hysterics that you're weeping with joy. Yeah. Uh, so we want to know your emoji mishap uh, stories. Hit us up on Twitter of all places at Relevant Podcast, and uh, or you can post on the comment section on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. That'll be fun.
Many thanks to our show sponsor for making the episode possible. Remember, you can go to casper.com slash relevant, get $50 off any mattress purchase. Uh, just use promo code relevant and it's you'll get just the right mix of spring and just the right mix of bounce. And Casper uh, also sells uh, you know sheets and pillows, all phenomenal. You don't get the 50 bucks off of that. It's just off the mattresses, but go check it out. Casper.com slash relevant. Thanks also to our guests uh, for joining us. Ellie Holcomb's new album uh, is coming out in January. Make sure to check that out. And in the meantime, follow her on Twitter at Ellie Holcomb. And uh, thanks also to Tim Keller for joining us. You can check out his book, Hidden Christmas. I would highly recommend it. Uh, It's out now. You can actually follow him on uh, Twitter at Tim Keller NYC. Um, go online right now. It is the perfect time to give a gift subscription to Relevant Magazine. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Think about that. I mean, literally all year long, they're reminded of your generosity. And it's only like 11 bucks or 12 bucks. And uh, it's a, like a $35 value. A so it, they think that you spent 30 bucks on them. You got an insider deal. <laughs> there you go. Relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. You can uh, subscribe for yourself there or you can give a gift. It's a great deal. It's a good time to do it. Uh, you uh, also, you'll it, also get unlimited uh, access to the iPad edition as well. So That is such a good deal that it will make you, when you're checking out, it will make you feel like you're shoplifting from the Amazon store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want you to get this sensation of cybercrime when you come and uh, <laughs> get our magazine. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us, man. It was a blast. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, enjoy your, your sweaty Christmas, buddy. It's always fun talking to you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chelsea Steele. I'm Jalen Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Adam Smith. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. For the month of December, I will be camping amongst the inflatables in the yard to protect them. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.